Hello and you are listening to Scar Joe A Gogo, the podcast where I chronicle and dissect the films of Scarlett Johansson in chronological order. I'm Luke and this week I'm talking about Don John. We're here to learn, not just to yarn, for our most loved celebrity. We'll watch the screen, what can we glean from her career trajectory? Cause she'd prefer if you'd refer to her as Miss Johansson. Don't be a jerk to Miss Johansson. Respect her work. She starts off really small and then she grows, she grows, she grows, she grows. Let's see how far she goes. Scarjo go. Let's talk about acting. We've all seen it. We've seen it on TV, movies, but what does it entail? I ask you, is it a skilled profession? Now, I'd argue that yes, it really is. And to truly excel at one's craft, it requires determination, discipline, and talent. So, think about that, and we're going to run a quick hypothetical here. If you wake up and eat a bowl of cereal, is that acting? No, this was a trick. This was a trick. That's breakfast. Okay, stay with me here. Now, what if you are filmed eating a bowl of cereal? Is that acting? I mean, like you could perhaps pretend that it was your favorite cereal when it really wasn't your favorite, or you could pretend to hate it while it was really great. But let's just assume for this exercise, you enjoy eating it. You've eaten it before. It's a cereal that you generally enjoy. If you are filmed eating that cereal every day for a week or two weeks or a month and then that becomes a film, are you an actor? This is getting tricky now, isn't it? But we'll go back to our original assessment. Acting requires skill. Acting requires talent, time, dedication. But anyone can sit down and eat a bowl of cereal, right? That doesn't require skill. And if that's all the role entailed in this film, are you an actor? And if you did need an actor to eat this bowl of cereal, something that people do every day without being actors, would you need to hire an A-list actor? I'm going to take this one home. Let's pick another action that most of us are very familiar with. Kissing. Making out. Tonsil hockey. Anybody can do that, right? Like providing you have a mouth. Or if you're a duck. Let's assume you're a human and have no facial deformities. Anybody can kiss. I mean, sure, there's a degree of skill there, but most adults, if asked to, could convincingly kiss each other, especially for a camera. Is that acting? Anyone can do it. Doesn't require great skill. And if all your film was, was just kissing, then would you need to hire an A-list actor? That is the main question I am going to ask today. But first, when we last left Scarlett Johansson, you might recall she was recreating the infamous psycho shower scene as Janet Leigh in the film Hitchcock. And I felt that she perfectly embodied that 50s movie star glamour and really was a shining jewel in a slight and ultimately forgettable film. But now, here we are. It's 2013 for podcast purposes. Don't check your calendar. What? No, it's not. It's 2015. What you forget? No, I mean this film, Don John, is 2013 is when this thing came out. And we go from Hitchcock, 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 
Hitchcock. 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 To another legendary director, another visionary, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. He was a Cobra Commander in G.I. Joe. That's a little bit of a, a spoiler for an old film. This guy was Robin in Christopher Nolan's Batman, the last one. Dark Knight Rises. I mean, kind of. At the end of the movie, they were like, Oh, and by the way, you're also Robin. And he was like, what? And they were like, mm, don't, don't think too hard about it. Off you go. Anyway, he's a guy that's on television, in films, and decides at some point, this is all a piece of piss. I can do this. I can write and direct a film. Yeah, I'm going to write and direct a film. I am going to write and direct a film in 2013, and I'm going to call it Don John, which is kind of a lowbrow play on Don Juan. And it'll be about a greasy, gym junkie, porn-obsessed moron. And then I will play that moron. And I will run my hands all over Scarlett Johansson's body. Say what you will about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL, as we're going to call him in this podcast, because that's far easier to say, right? JGL just rolls off the tongue, as does uh, Scarlett Johansson later. But old JGL is a man with a plan. He's got a a better and more audacious plan than most uh, supervillains in genre movies that we've seen lately. Because this role that Scarlett Johansson plays in this thing, um, the character I think is called Barbara Sugarman, that we'll just call her Scarlett, he wrote this role specifically for her. He was thinking, yeah, I'd like to uh, be alongside Scarlett in this film. And I'd like to do some things to her. So uh, gave her a call and the rest is history. History you can buy on a DVD or Blu-ray disc. or it's on Netflix. I watched it on Netflix. And I saw this film at home when it first came to DVD. And um, I watched it at home with friends. And it was like a Saturday night or something. We were, we were talking. Maybe there was drinks involved. I don't know. But we talked a lot. And I kind of got the gist of the film. But it wasn't really what I was expecting. And I didn't really get into it. And I thought, I've kind of come away with a very superficial reading of this film. I really need to revisit it again. Watch it properly. Give it the attention that it deserves. uh, And then I'll better understand what JGL was driving at. So... I sat down to watch this with an open mind because he's a likable guy. I like him. I'm happy to support him. I want to hear what he has to say. And I imagine that was the same with Scarlett. JGL's making a film. I love Third Rock. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. So here's me really hoping he's got it in him. Turns out he's a little more interested in getting it into her. But let's go through the film and decipher this thing. So it begins. I really do like the opening titles. Uh, There's an animated squirrel watching a a sexy lady, like cat lady thing, go by from an old cartoon and his eyes pop out of his head. Uh, We see a shot of Phoebe Cates from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know, rising out of the pool in the red bikini. We see all the deal or no deal girls. It's, It's a big montage of objectified women. Lots of red dresses, lots of big cleavage. Sex is everywhere man it's unavoidable in our crazy modern world you cannot go out the door without tripping over a pair of boobs sex is omnipresent it's in your ears right now as i'm talking to you 
You can think about sex while I talk to you. That's fine. I'm cool with that because sex is everywhere. So first thing, JGL is putting down for you to pick up. And then we see him, dark room, laptop. He hears the computer sound. As a, it starts up, Windows starts up, and he says, not going to lie. He's got a really thick New Jersey accent. He's very much doing a, a character here. I'm not going to do a not New Jersey accent. I respect the people of New Jersey uh, far too much for me to attempt that. He says, not going to lie. This sound, the, the startup sound, gets me as hard as a fucking rock. This is what JGL has to say. And then he goes to town on himself. We see pornography clips intercut with him, uh, you know, shirtless, sitting at the screen, building up a rhythm, beating away at himself like a pair of bongo drums, yanking himself into another time zone. Thanks for the wanks, JGL. There are plenty of them here. And look, he talks about himself. He narrates throughout this thing. He's a gym guy. He's a car guy. He's a family man. He's a church guy. He's a boys guy. Hanging out with his boys. He's also a girls guy. Likes the ladies. And he bangs a lot of girls. And he loves porn. And I think porn is kind of at the top of his hierarchy here. Because he says that not even real pussy does it the same way for him. As like pixelated computer pussy. These are some first world problems, son. And then we cut to him and his dumb friends objectifying women in a club. They're scoring them out of 10, giving them low scores. You might already begin to guess what I'm going to score this movie out of 10. But we'll get there, patience. And then, really early on, we're only about five minutes into this thing. We're in a blue smoky club. But there, bathed in golden light, like a a heavenly spotlight has descended upon her, is a curvy blonde in a red dress with the big cleavage. And of course, it is Scarlett Johansson. Long blonde hair, lots of makeup. She's almost shiny with makeup. She's definitely looking uh, trashier here than normal. And he is convinced straight away that she's a 10 or a dime as these idiots choose to call her. And JGL, he's directing this thing. I don't know if he was working the camera too, but if he's not, he's at least standing next to the camera guy going, pan down to Scarlett Johansson's butt, getting right in there with the lens. And while it's focused on that, one of his charming friends remarks, I don't know, man, might be some lasagna in there. Guy's got a point. I mean, who would want to be with a woman that liked lasagna? That'd be like fucking Garfield. So while these guys talk about tits with all the wit and charm of a school of jellyfish, Scarlet looks around obliviously and to just add to the overall unpleasantness of this scene is chewing gum. In her first line, we always talk about her first line, not very audible in this case. She's in the background leaning towards the bartender and I think she says, can I get a vodka strawberry? I don't even know if that's a real thing. I might be saying it wrong. I didn't rewind it to check. I didn't want to break JGL's rhythm. And speaking of which, this guy makes his move. JGL striding towards her. These guys are incredibly rapey and predatory and unlikable. She's still lit by a weird golden spotlight. And before even giving her any dialogue, I've complained in the past about Woody Allen, a writer and director who's her pal, you know, selling a short on dialogue not actually giving her things to say, things to do, because 
she's an actor, an A-list actor. This is well into her career by now. This is only a couple of years ago. Uh, he doesn't give her any dialogue, doesn't show the romance, anything like that, the opening lines, any establishing of character. We just cut instantly to the two of them dancing. They're on the dance floor and he is grinding up against her. And then we cut to the two of them on a couch and he is kissing her. He's trying to make out with her. She's pushing him away. Says, what, what makes you think you can do that? He persists, as is his rapey want. He's all like, want to go somewhere else then? And she's like, fuck you. And he's still trying to kiss her. So he's sexually assaulting her on the couch and she's, you know, kind of charmed by it, going along with it. You thought Mel Gibson knew what women want. Wait till you get a load of JGL. Um, it's also here that we realize that Scarlett has a New Jersey accent. I said in the past, when Scarlett does an accent, I don't generally uh, like it. I'm not going to criticize its authenticity or argue it because I don't know. She's from New York. You'd think that she would know better than I do. It feels odd to me, though. And I think maybe the thing that feels odd to me is that she's playing far dumber than we know she is or than she looks. So it feels just that tiny bit insincere to me. It feels more like a caricature, like a, a, an act. And JGL still mauling and kissing her, and she just laughs as she tells him to stop it. No means no, not in this script. But she does leave without him, shutting him out as she gets in a cab. He's like not used to being turned down, so he goes and finds somebody else and fucks her instead. Any port in a storm. And then to top off his night... While this uh, other woman is laying in his bed after he's banged her, he gets up and masturbates to porn on his computer while she's asleep. And he educates us on how real sex is nothing like porn sex, and that real women aren't into it like in porn. Um, and he states all these kind of things, like they don't like giving head, um, that women only do missionary position because they want to look at you. So they don't do any of these things that he sees in porn videos, which feels really weird and disingenuous to me. I, I just don't feel like that is a, I was going to say contemporary experience, even a past experience. Like I kind of feel like women like sex and think about sex just like men do. And they enjoy sex and they experiment with sex and they're pretty adventurous I think people have only been getting more and more adventurous since the internet has kind of broken away that barrier and all those boundaries. I think even the porn landscape has completely changed. We're not, we're not talking about necessarily even film studios now. We're talking about a world we live in where a lot of couples film themselves or stream themselves. Like, well, there's all these people, um, anyone with a smartphone can be a porn star now if they so desired. I mean, the internet is proof that there are all these crazy, wild, adventurous things going on in people's bedrooms, lounge rooms, kitchens, bathrooms, out the back, in the car, in the park, in a pool, library, doctor's office, Mars. You, you get the point. So already I'm kind of, I don't know where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is coming from. Is he writing about porn because this is something that he knows about and thinks about and this is an irrelatable experience to him, even though he's obviously playing a character that feels divorced from himself? Is he trying to make a statement about porn and our relationship with porn, in which case I don't think he is really commenting on the current state of porn? Is he talking about men and women? and how they both treat sex 
And then I don't think he's an expert on that at all. I think he's making generalizations that are really hard to back up. Or then again, am I missing the point that is this something that's really cultural? Is this something which is really about where he lives and who he is and the women that are around him? Uh, He's Catholic in this. I believe he's Catholic. He does confession. Is that Catholic? I don't know anything about religion. I know about Slimer and Gremlins, Ghostbusters, that sort of stuff. Ask me a question about that. That I can help you with. But are there people in New Jersey that are going, ah, yes, this is a breed of Catholic New Jersey girls who only do missionary. I absolutely understand. You nailed it, JGL. I don't know. Even if all that was true, it would be a pretty niche film. He further alienates us by driving uh, his car around. He screams at people. He calls them fucking retarded. Then he goes to church to confess his wanks. First of many scenes like that. Uh, And by the way, his dad is Tony Danza, who also wears a white uh, tank top and is generally unpleasant. Uh, His mum is Glenn Headley, who looks a lot like Kim Cattrall. And his sister is Brie Larson, who I love in in Scott Pilgrim as Envy Adams. Uh, But here she doesn't get to talk. She just gets to sit at the table and stare at her phone. Shh, Brie Larson, you let the men talk because they have a lot of wonderful things to say in this scene. While, of course, sister says nothing and mum serves the food. But this is satire, right? Which means it's okay. Except it's not funny and it's not engaging. So what is JGL doing? Like, here is the family scene. Look, if it was funny... It would be fine. And and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that because a character is unlikable that the film is unlikable. I think that's completely untrue. I love films like... I love Bad Santa, which has a horrible, horrible character. But it's funny. It's well-crafted. The scenes are amusing. The characters are developed. The dialogue is sharp. Um, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I like Larry David. I like characters that do the wrong thing who are awful people. But satire is sharp. Satire is saying something. I don't know what JGL has to say here. And all his mum wants is for him to find a woman because I guess, you know, why should she suffer alone? There are women out there who are not suffering. Marry them. Uh, JGL is also homophobic, uh, being disgusted if he's wanking and then they cut to a, a shot of the guy. He actually really overacts that in the sequence. Um... I imagine uh, in porn they show the guy, you know, a reasonable amount. Uh, he might have dealt with this uh, by now. And, and now JGL is in complete stalker mode, trying to track down Scarlet, the one that got away. And they find her on Facebook, him and his dumb friends, uh, one of which says something like, got you now, bitch. And uh, he's pissed that he has to play the long game, which means maybe taking her out a couple of times before fucking her. So, 17 minutes into this thing, he sees Scarlett Johansson on the street. She comes to meet him. Uh, She's in jeans now. She's still chewing gum, still looking trashy. Uh, There's pretty much a shot of her ass really quickly. And before, again, she even gets to say a single word, they are kissing again. You are a wily devil, JGL. I'm I'm figuring out what you're doing here now. Um, and her accent isn't as strong here as they sit and eat, which is always my issue with the Scarlet accents. They kind of ebb and flow like the tide. 
Uh, she's super confident, though. Uh, she's a tough character. She's flirty, though. You know, she's warming to him, though. She does warn him. This is her rule. He must always tell her the truth. And he tells her, okay, I want to fuck your brains out. And she seems charmed by that. So she's not an intelligent character by any means. He talks uh, about how he can sometimes seem in a hurry when he's shit-faced. He's a catch, and she's charmed by that. She responds, you're cute, I like you. It's like watching two walruses flirt. You know, the, the dialogue could be just replaced with, and it would probably be um, just as palatable as it is now. So they go to a movie together at her um, request. It's a fake romance movie starring Channing Tatum and Anne Hathaway, and Scarlett is completely entranced by it. Her character loves movie romance. She loves this idea of a man doing anything for his woman. So if she loves movie romance and loves these stereotypical romantic movies, why is she going along with all his dumb sledgehammer bullshit? Like, I want to fuck your brains out. I was shit-faced last night. You got a nice ass. Like, why would she find this funny or charming if she is a romance person? And the biggest crime here is that JGL doesn't even have the, the grace or wit to give us a funny film within a film, despite the fact that he's landed both Channing Tatum and Anne Hathaway, two funny, up-for-anything actors. Instead, he has them going through the basic tropes of a, a romantic movie, like you see them staring at each other, crying in a wedding chapel, etc. But you don't even get to hear them talk. He narrates over the top of it, so he doesn't even give us a memorable moment there. Even like fucking shitty Austin Powers 3 has like a funny film within a film. Even like shitty Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back has the Goodwill Hunting 2 sequence. This was like an opportunity. He had the cast, all the pieces were there and he fucked it up. And Scarlett comes out of the movie thinking it was all beautiful and romantic. She's clearly a naive character. He's a dumb character too. They're both really dumb. And I don't mind dumb people. But if you're dumb, you better at least be fucking charming or funny. And unfortunately, these two are neither. Her accent's stronger here than it's all big eyes at JGL. And, you know, within seconds, she's only just sort of gotten out of the room, barely said any um, lines, and she's making out with him again for about a minute. They are kissing, kissing, kissing. There's a poster of a hot dog in the background. I hope that was deliberate. But this really feels like a step backward for Scarlett for me. This is where she was stuck a few films ago. An object to be mauled. And she's certainly doing far more making out than she's doing acting. Then it's back to masturbation confession. It's all process. We go back to the horrible family. Dad and JGL ogle a woman in a burger ad. Because remember, sex is everywhere, guys. Am I right? I, w I was watching Sesame Street just the other day. And Prairie Dawn... Took a top off. Cookie Monster's eyes nearly fell off his head. And then we cut to him kissing Scarlet again. This is in the hall outside her apartment. He kisses her cleavage, but she rebuffs him. And then there's even more kissing. She's nibbling his ear, which, to be fair, it's a fairly large target. She's talking about wanting to meet his family, but while she's saying all this stuff, she's breathing heavily and she's kissing him and grinding him. 
and he gets to turn her around and he starts like grinding his crotch up against uh, the you know the back of her red jeans which howls her bottom and even though she's got lines here she kisses him between every third word of dialogue and she's not going to let him inside her house yet so instead allows him to grind her from behind while grabbing her tits until he climaxes out there in the hall. I feel like the inspiration for this film. I feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt saw She's Not That Into You, and he watched that scene where Bradley Cooper, who was the first person to do this, molested Scarlett Johansson. He had his hands all over her body, he had his hands on her boobs. And JGL watched that and thought, I could do that. I could even write and direct a film around it too, I mean, if, if I really have to. So after this, which is about, what, her fifth kissing scene, fifth makeout scene with him, uh, she shuts him out. Again, he's got, speaking of Cookie Monster, JGL is the one with blue balls. He goes home and looks at pictures of her on Facebook and has a wank. Now uh, there's a scene where he has dinner with his friends and Scarlett is invited, and as soon as the scene opens... They're all sitting around watching while she kisses him during dinner as well. She doesn't get a chance to act because seriously, every time she opens her mouth, he shoves his tongue in it. Cheap date. She's not going to get a chance to eat anything, that's for sure. And then she gets a chance to talk to some of the female friends at the club. They're all blue. She's in the golden light again, chewing gum again. And they think it's great that these guys, you know, that they haven't had sex yet. Oh, and then uh, JGL calls his friend a faggot motherfucker. But relax, this is satire. It's very funny. Uh, And then he goes and guess what he does? He kisses Scarlett Johansson yet again. uh, We cut to him later scratching cum off his jeans, I think. Uh, And then back with the family. Mum is super stoked that he's met a girl. She really cannot wait to see this woman suffer. Brie Larson continues to suffer, being required to be on set. So she has to turn up to film this movie, but is still just watching and staring at a phone. Which, is that a joke? I'm assuming this is a joke. Oh, look at her. She's a teenage girl. She's just staring at a phone. Is that joke so hilarious that it's worth her time to come in and shoot those scenes? Like, is it worth the telegraphed Silent Bob payoff later on when she finally says one meaningful line? Then we see JGL at a kid's party full of tiny girls in pink tutus. Totally surprised he didn't try to fuck any of them. Instead, he's soon kissing Scarlet again in her pink room, complete with Titanic poster. So this is another scene where she says about three words, but lays on top of him for a minute and kisses him. Now he's going to night school at her insistence, studying God knows what, how to be human perhaps. And he's doing all these things because he's on a quest to fuck her. Even though... Remember, the only thing we really know about his character is that he's constantly disappointed by real-life sex. And he does have real-life sex quite a lot of the time with hot women anyway. And it's been established that even when he has sex with hot women, he prefers to wank to porn. So why is he changing all his life around going to night school and everything in order to have sex with Scarlett Johansson, where everything in his life, everything that he's told us beforehand, suggests that it will be a crushing disappointment. And about 30 minutes into it, or only 30 minutes, but don't worry, we're going to speed up, he leaves school and walks past a crying Julian Moore, also in this film, and she will be important later. So then Scarlett turns up at his house after school. It's night, because he goes to night school. She says... 
two words, hi baby, and then is wrapped around him and kissing him again for an extended scene. This is not an acting role. This is what we talked about at the beginning. What we have here, and I'm sorry, and I, I mean this from JGL's perspective, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Scarlett, but what he's really done here is hired a really expensive escort because he's hired somebody to just come in and grind against him and kiss him. And I kind of wonder if that requires a fully-fledged actor. Uh, Then they lie naked in bed. She's asleep. He has done the deed. And it's funny because, you know, he talks about realism and how real sex isn't the same as movie sex, like romantic movies or porn movies, except she also happens to be conveniently you know, has the sheet wrapped around her boobs and is sleeping with her arms around him lovingly. That doesn't happen in real life. So is this telling the truth or is it another layer of fiction? Oh, and guess what? The sex wasn't so good after all. It was the crushing disappointment that we should have known. So he goes to porn again. He's fapping away and it's intercut with sort of flashbacks of them having sex. So Scarlett taking off her top, unleashing her boobs back to us. But I think JGL got to see them. He's touching her ass. She's kissing up and down his naked torso. All these things that you don't necessarily need to be an A-list actress to master. As I was saying at the beginning, you know... These aren't the things that require the skill and talent. Pretty much anybody could manage these things. And then it's missionary sex with the naked Scarlet. Oh, and um, speaking about what women do and don't do and what they like and don't like, he also says that she's too good looking to have to give head. Don't understand that, not even going to try to decipher it. Okay, now after all this time, Here is a little bit of acting. She comes in pantsless and catches him masturbating. And she's all, what the fuck are you doing? You're sick. She is totally upset and distraught that he's watching porn. Says that it's fucking disgusting. And Scarlett is absolutely committing to this disgust. It's an overreaction for what he's doing. But the script requires her to be fucking disgusted. And fucking disgusted she is. She's working with the writer and director to convey what is in the script, and she's doing a good job. The problem is it's not smart dialogue, and it's not a situation that's handled in a believable way. In fact, he convinces her within seconds that it was a joke that was sent to him from a friend, uh, that he hasn't looked at porn on the internet since he was a kid, he promises that he'll never ever do it again, and she is, her character is, so fucking dumb that not only does she go from being incredibly disgusted and distraught to suddenly happy and smiling, but she starts kissing him again. We're back to 10 seconds of acting for every three minutes of making out. That does not make sense. And now she's hanging around him a lot. So he's started watching porn on his phone during class. He's sitting in class watching porn on his mobile phone. Fellow student Julian Moore catches him. Now, we're not going to talk too much about uh, Julian Moore's character, uh, but she actually at least does have a character. She does have lines. She does have a personality. And she's not a total dumb shit. It's a very unlikely friendship that she's taken a shine to JGL's character. But there is promise in Julianne Moore's role. But then back to Red Dress Scarlet, chewing gum and preparing to meet the parents. He, of course, kisses her before they enter. I'm sure this was in the contract. 
kind of love that she's, you know, making an impression. She really wants to impress these parents, but she's still chewing gum with her mouth open. I hate seeing her play a dummy, though. Like, there are so many actresses that can play dummies out there. You've got this rare jewel, fuck you, Levitt, and you just spent all this time, like, grinding against it to polish it, but you didn't do anything with it. And then Dad Tony Danza behind Scarlet's back calls her a piece of ass, talks about her tits. I just really think JGL should have cast a porn star for this role. Why didn't he cast a porn star as Barbara Sugarman? Wouldn't that have been far more meta? Like here is this woman that actually looks like she stepped out of one of his fantasies. But she doesn't do it for him. I don't know. The scene ends with very little development. She leaves again after um, basically just walking into the, the house to be dumb and objectified. And I guess the, the point of this relationship is that she's starting to clean JGL up. I guess that's kind of the point. Like, she's trying to change him. They go to church together. He has his third or fourth wank confession. I've lost count. She wants him, you know, she's already got him going to school. She, she wants him to be this better man, like to, to grow up, I guess. And then at school, um, Julianne Moore gives him a 70s porn because she says, look, this is a lot better than the current stuff. And you go, okay, well, here, this is an older woman. This is, a, this is an open-minded woman. But then she's like, you have a girlfriend. Why are you watching dirty movies? It's not how the world works, lady. And women watch dirty movies too, it's true. Then back to Scarlet in gym gear in a gym scene, midriff showing. Doesn't get to act, though, in this scene. Just kind of stands in the background. Scarlet turns up at another restaurant with him. Even more kissing, more gum chewing. He's thinking about porn. She's more level here. She's more tired, more down to earth, not quite as trashy. And I, I think this is about her sort of growing up and being a bit more professional than we've seen her before. She continues wanting him to make money. She wants him to wear a suit, wants, to, wants him to do all that other stuff. But he's just thinking about porn, of course. It's the one note on the flute that he has, and he's playing it repeatedly. And then she's at some Bed Bath & Beyond place, choosing curtains or some shit, and he still has his arms around her, still kissing each other while all this is happening, and they start talking about mops. And then she's like, you should clean your own floors. You shouldn't clean your own floors. Do not clean your own floors, fuck you, JGL. You are a grown man. You need a cleaning lady. That is woman's work. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I like to vacuum. And she's like, don't talk about vacuuming and shit in front of me because it's not sexy. And she completely shuts him down. Like, is she fucking mental? This character is, like, weirdly concerned about the oddest things. But then she still ends up kissing him again at the end of the scene. <laughs> like, the beginning of every scene, the end of every scene. They are lip-locked. More bonding with Julian Moore. She's friendly. He's a belligerent. 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 Just like you, listener. Belligerent prick to her and then he comes home this this is the, the climax for scarlet's character he comes home and scarlet is angry this this is her couple of minutes of acting in the film here right here she's angry she's been crying because she went through his internet history he looked at 46 porn sites just today and her accent goes pretty wild when she's angry and he doesn't know what internet history is like how fucking dumb is this guy she's disgusted and angry you know like she should have been in the first scene when he didn't take no for an answer when he was molesting her in the club uh and he's like all oh, guys watch porn and she's like you are so full of shit um and she acts like you know he's a bizarre freak for doing this uh, to be fair again she is totally committed to it all she's doing what the script tells her to do even though it doesn't really make sense she's acting like this is a massive upsetting deal but this material is beneath her 
there's no meat on anything that JGL has written here and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in the way that human beings actually interact with each other. And she's bringing it hard, but it's too little too late. And my question is, is it worth being a plaything for Joseph Gordon-Levitt for an hour in order to do three minutes of drama towards the end? You, listener, you might really like JGL and you're like, yeah, fuck, I'd be his plaything for an hour if uh, that wouldn't even have to, like, I'd just have a cigarette at the end. I won't even do the acting scene. That's fine. Yeah, fine. That's cool. She she may have had an absolute blast on this film. It must might have been incredibly fun for both of them. They had a great time. And that'd be great if I was having fun watching it. I'm just not. And I'm frustrated because fucking get it together. You got all this talent here. Make it fucking work. And she's like, I really liked you, you know. Why? Why would you really like him? This film does not explain that. And she's like, I thought you were different. And I'm like, why? Why would you think this guy was different? He's just like the exact same as his friends and everybody else. And there's like, like he's just been rude and um, blunt and, and gropey all the time. Why did you think he was different? And she leaves him, walks out on him with 30 minutes of film left to go. Now, she will be back briefly for one more scene, but really now, this is the story about JGL and Julianne Moore. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about that at, at any great length, but it turns out that her husband died, she's sad, and the two of them end up having sex, and they really actually bond. And he ends up having meaningful people sex with Julianne Moore. So that a dumb dickbag learns human empathy. That's what it should say on the poster. But as far as Scarlett is concerned, Brie Larson's inevitable one line when she finally gets to say something and looks up from her phone, is about Scar- how Scarlett had her own agenda, how she didn't know JGL and just wanted a man who'd do anything she wanted. Except he's not the fucking victim here, is it? I mean, he actively pursued her. Like, he didn't know anything about her personality when he went after her. He did it purely because he wanted to have sex with her. He had the agenda, he didn't know her, and he wanted her to do everything he wanted her to do. So why are we feeling sorry for him now? Why are we having the wisdom of, oh yeah, she wasn't the right girl for me, why did I... You shouldn't have been there in the first place. You weren't wanted. So she meets up with him for a chat. Scarlett Johansson, she's in blue this time, not red. That initial club girl thing has has kind of gone. She's far more level and calm. Still chewing gum though. And he apologizes for lying to her. And she's not impressed. She tells him he's a selfish liar. And uh, he points out that she asked for too much. Rewatch the beginning of the film, JGL. It's not what happened. And uh, she leaves and says, look, don't call me anymore. And then look, it's back to his friends who continue to crudely objectify women as though nobody's learned anything, but this is satire, so that's fine. And then it's back to the loving arms of Julianne Moore. And he does say in his narration, now, I don't usually like it when a girl looks me right in the eye. What a fucking guy this is. So, you know what? The moral of this story, and I don't think the moral is incorrect by any means, but the moral of the story is that Porn is just pretend, and you need a real connection with a real person in order for sex to be meaningful. And if you need to sit through a 90-minute Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie to learn that, then God fucking help you. Sorry, JGL, I'm not a fan. 
if you guys had fun making it, that's fantastic. I'm sure you made friends and everything was uh, a ton of fun and you, you had some laughs. But um, I feel like this is just a sketch. It's your first film. Maybe there's um, better films within you that are, are bursting to come out in the future. And it's got some style to it. There, there's, some, there's some clever moments. But I do think Scarlet was wasted. But the good news is uh, she's got a ton of good stuff coming down the pipe so housekeeping why was she cast because jgl is a horny little monkey is my guess and why did she do it i was just about to be cynical and mean but i'm not going to i I imagine it's because um she's a fan of him fan of his work like i said he's a he's a very likable guy and uh it's his first film and she gave it a shot and uh, i'd say she probably did have a lot of fun um i get that impression from her performance. No scar vocabulary today, but her three greatest feats in this film. Well, uh, she had her boobs grabbed, was number one. Uh, two, she did have her ass grabbed a few times. And three, uh, she was kissed about three times for every word that came out of her mouth. But that's okay, we all gotta start somewhere, except um, this is the 33rd film. But next time, you know, and this is interesting. Next time is Under the Skin. And I didn't realise it was Under the Skin. I thought it was her. But Under the Skin was made earlier and it was released at film festivals. So technically, IMDb-wise, it is the next one. So that's the next one we're going to be doing. That's a film where she's completely naked. And that's a film where she seduces guys and is with guys. But um, I don't think it objectifies her a fraction as much as this film that we just saw. Spoilers, I think Under the Skin is a really great film with a lot of interesting things to say and uh, it's all handled a lot better. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing me rant. Apologies if it's a a film that you really love. I'd love to hear some counterpoints. I guess the tricky thing with doing this is I'm not really looking at the film as a whole and how it comes together as a whole. I'm really just looking at that one particular performance so as i said julian moore does some really nice things in here but i feel if we're just looking at scarlet that you know it's, it's a little bit regressive but yes thank you for listening please listen to the other shows there is fp cast every monday the book was better every tuesday you can find them all at www.fruitlesspursuits.com or also on geekvision.tv the hub that we are very lucky to be a part of. So go and have a poke around there as well. Come to the Facebook group. Tell me what you're thinking. And above all, join me next week when we will get Under the Skin. She starts off really small and then she grows, she grows, she grows, she grows. Let's see how far she goes. Scar Joe, go, go.